Hootin' and Hoots Hollerin'. I'm Thomas, and I'm joined tonight by James and Christy. Hi. And, hey, and uh, Christy came to talk about ghosts, but first, uh, my kids all have the flu and I'm going to die. Do you have the flu yet? I'm going to say yes, only because I assume I have literally every disease and illness at the same time. It's just it hasn't expressed yet, so probably. But That's I mean, probably true. You're a dormant flu carrier. I've been dripped on, sneezed in, uh, gross. coughed around. Oh, God, gross. <laughs> I work in healthcare, and I just vomited a little in my mouth. That was disgusting. I mean, it's it's part of it. You know, I'm, I'm a loving and dedicated father, and there's just a lot of fluids involved in that process. Thank you Man. for giving me another reason not to have children. Agreed. Agreed so You're much. welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah. All you parents make it sound so interesting to have kids, um, so much so that I don't ever want to do it and, and never will. I mean, that's fair. I'm mostly, you get 90% of it if you just listen to us complain about how awful it is. Exactly, yeah. I have nieces and nephews. I'm good. Yeah, those are the best because then you can just yeah. send them home. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I get the yep. best parts, and then I'm like, oh, no, time to go back to your mother. Oh, you're being a little shit. It's time to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Who's an insufferable little... F- you know what? Let's let's just go. <laughs> All right. So uh, what are you guys into this week? Um, I don't really have a whole lot going on. So I'm shocked. Yeah. As usual. Being I an adult is from- boring. <laughs> That's true. I just came back from New Orleans. I, I guess I could talk about that a little bit. That was fun. Yeah, what was that like? We actually haven't uh, we haven't caught up about that. It was pretty cool. Um, we went on a tour, and this actually can lead into uh, Christy's segment too a little bit. Uh, it was a all right. Get this. So the first day we went on a um, cemetery tour, which for New Orleans, if you know anything about it, it's below sea level, right? Okay. So obviously, there's uh, issues with burying people underground. All right, because there yeah, there okay. might be some seepage. Yeah, you don't you don't you don't want floaters either. I mean, yeah. <laughs> right? You don't want floaters. Um, so they do this really cool thing that I've never seen anywhere other than New Orleans. And granted, I don't go on a lot of cemetery tours per se, but um, they have these above ground mausoleums that have two, three, or four stacks. And I don't remember the exact term, but one of the cool things is um the way that uh, burials happen. Um, a family will buy one of these above ground tombs. And if someone dies in the family, you put them in the first lot, you leave them there for a year and a day. And they're not in like coffins or anything like that, that preserves your body. They're in, uh, either just straight on in there or in a pine box. Uh, during that year and a day, uh, your body will decompose and kind of like do its natural dead body stuff. Uh, At that point, (laughs) they open up the crypt, they crunch the bones up, what, and then they just push it to the back where there's a slot that that, um, there's like a a smaller section underneath the above ground tomb uh, where they just push the bone dust into. So in all of these tombs that have been there for, you know, couple hundred years at this point there's just at the bottom there's just bone dust of maybe hundreds of people <laughs> that have just been ground up and and like left at the bottom you're 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 basically intermingling with your ancestors Ooh, get so off i thought me no <laughs> oh, jesus christ <laughs> so that's either cool or fucking creepy uh one way or another yeah it's horrifying <laughs> so that's what happens uh in the st louis Number one and number two tombs, and they—I know it's in—it's in New Orleans, but it's—they're called the St. Louis Cemetery. So how number do they, one and number two. How do they find the guys to do the crunching? Is my question. Is you, do you just yeah. go down to the penitentiary and be like, "Who's yeah. the hey, you want to be a crunch boy? Who wants to be a, an awful it. crunch boy who has no human attachments or emotions?" Right. Yeah. Um, no, the archdiocese run it, so it's a Catholic um, uh, thing. Okay. See, cremation wasn't a thing in Catholicism until like. I want to say the 60s or something like that. So you could not be cremated. So you had mm-hmm. to go through this process. There's in, in New Orleans, it's a very small amount of area for a very large amount of people. Uh, so they could only like... <laughs> a little you, way you, you just described a city. <laughs> well, I mean, like in Knoxville, it's a very expansive city. 
So there's room for people to be buried underground and preserved forever. In St. Lu- in um, New Orleans, that's not the case. So they had to come up with different ways of of taking care of the dead, which I thought was kind of neat. I would hate I'd never to heard of the that job. Before. Okay, what are we gonna do with all these bodies? <laughs> and you have to come up with like new creative ways because right, I yeah, would, it would be kind of gross too. <laughs> it is pretty gross. No, I mean, and, gross know, to start thinking up I'd, like ways to dispose of dead bodies. <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to put them in this coffin, and then when they're all dried and crusty, we're just going to make dust out of them. Ooh, and then if you live in <laughs> New Orleans, you're probably breathing bone dust. Oh, yeah. We, we asked that specifically. Um, because these, these, um, these uh, above-ground crypts are not completely sealed. Because you have to let some air in, in you know, yeah. you have to let it, you have to let yourself decompose. So we did ask if in the summer, which gets very hot in New Orleans. Oh, no, and humid. What oh, happens? No. Yeah, exactly. What happens to these bodies that are in there that are just decomposing for a year and a day? Um, and they did tell us that it gets, uh, it used to get a little stinky. In there. <laughs> a yeah. little stinky. Jesus Christ. A lot of the families that have that have gone through this have died out at this point, so um, most of the crypts aren't used anymore. But some still are. I mean, it's it's still a huh. it's still a big thing there. I bet a good wind goes through that place. <laughs> Everybody, so that was... a mile radius is breathing in grandma and grandpa. <laughs> uh, interestingly enough, that wasn't the most um, macabre tale that we were told that weekend. So right after that, we did a tour, like a walking tour of the town. We like to do these on um, basically every town we go to. Usually it's like a ghost tour or sometimes we do a bicycle tour or something like that. One, because I love being told stories. And two, because it's it's actually a good way to learn your way around town is to be walked around town by tour guides that'll tell you like history and, and stuff like that. This tour was, get this, ghosts, vampires, and voodoo, all on the same Ooh. tour. So we got to walk all around the French Quarter and all around downtown uh, New Orleans being told stories about things that have happened in some of the houses. Um, Christy, I'm sure you're very familiar with the LaLaurie Mansion yes. in New Orleans. So we got to go to that, which was very cool. Um, spoilers, Christy's starting a new, uh, <laughs> a new podcast, so I'm sure you'll hear the LaLaurie story uh, at some point. Definitely. Um, <clears throat> but there's uh there was a couple of other really cool mansions that we went to in the French Quarter that um were like vampiric stories and things like that and we got to we got to go to the pharmacy museum which was a museum of um macabre ways that people used to try and fix other people and really just ended up poisoning poisoning them or doing like weird experiments on them and stuff like that so um Highly recommended if if you ever go to New Orleans and you're <laughs> and you're a weirdo, uh, take some of the the ghost tours. I thought just they were not they in were the summer cool. though, right? I mean, I, you know what? Uh, you could go somewhere else in the summer. Um, <laughs> if, if it's like winter or spring, New Orleans is amazing. I'm sure if it's summer, it's probably a, a hellhole. Oh, yeah, fair enough. I mean, uh, living in Tennessee, I kind of hate going anywhere that's even slightly more humid. Than, than this place. It was very nice. We went in the, the last um, couple weeks of March, and it was very nice there. Hmm. All right. Well, hey, Christy, you want to talk about ghosts? Okay, sure. Why not? Hey, yeah. <laughs> well, hang on. What, do you like... want to talk about your, uh, your, your, your flu kids? I didn't mean to take up the whole segment there. Oh, no, no. That's, uh, that was very organic. That, that was fine. I mean, I don't really have much to say about flu kids other than it's in the house and I'm terrified. Are you just walking around with like one of those um, doctor masks on? Because you probably should be. Well, no, I'm walking around like this is my personality. I'm like, I worked in the yard all weekend, super dusty, handling like grass seed and fertilizer. And like, I've got these aches because I don't usually do physical labor. I got a little bit of a cough. You know, I'm like, well, I can't take ibuprofen because what if it masks the fever that will be the first <laughs> sign of my impending doom? So I can't right. like, you know, I've got to stay vigilant. And I'll just go over to the thermometer every like 30 minutes. Be like, hey, beep. Uh, okay, not yet. It's never, <laughs> whew, it's all right, not yet. Are you ever tempted to like 
just when the kids aren't sick, are you ever tempted to walk around licking doorknobs and stuff like that just to make yourself um, to feel make, alive? Make your immune system, <laughs> yeah, to make your immune system a little bit stronger. No, see, that's you probably that's should just pro- make your kids cough directly into your mouth hole. Well, they do. <laughs> I mean, see, whether you want them to or not, it's yeah, quaint that you're assuming that that's just not how life works. <laughs> see, the the problem is that children are constantly off gassing or discharging in some direction at any given moment. <laughs> right so, okay it's right. uh it's it can be a problem but no the you know Chris, the few moments between Christy services. works uh in the healthcare industry so maybe she should give you some tips on how to either make yourself stronger during no flu season or to gird your loins during flu season yeah Christy, talk about my, my loins office. i hide in my office uh, that's my defense mechanism against flu in the that hospital. sounds pretty good Thomas, you should hide in your office. Hide in your office at hide all times. Hide in my office at all times. <clears throat> yes. Okay. Uh, which one With of you is going to tell? Which one of you is going to tell Devin that it's just her for the next six months? <laughs> Not it. <laughs> no, Sorry, you're no, on your she own. hides in her office. You have an office. Devin has an office. The kids can fend for themselves. Oh yeah, they go feral. They'll learn to take care of themselves. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, fair. That's fair. Yeah, exactly. Builds character. That's how I was raised. <laughs> all right. Uh, Christy, you got anything this week, or do you want to go straight into the spoops? No, I'm I'm an, a boring person. I have nothing except for trivia lined up this week. But hey, we so won trivia this. last time. Okay. Just, yes, yeah. we did win trivia, and we yeah. got money. Like cash money. I've never been handed money for winning trivia. Well, apparently <laughs> Barley's has a new manager or new owner, and I don't know if they <laughs> haven't made the gift card, you know, like the gift certificates yet, but he was like, we're getting money tonight, bitches. Okay. First, he was just like, "What we're doing trivia? What what is this?" <laughs> and it's also worth noting okay, that I we guess. never won when James was around. I'm just gonna throw oh, that out there. Yeah. Oh no, you're right. You're <laughs> mm. <laughs> bad voodoo. You stay away. We do better on the year questions when James isn't around. <laughs> you yeah, probably do better on a lot of the questions when I'm not around. <laughs> to be fair, the year question last time involved Mad Max Fury Road, so it was kind of a gimme. <laughs> That's a good movie. All right, so Christy, yeah, hit us. Yes. I hear you want to talk about ghosts. Yeah, I kind of do. Can we go into some of your like qualifications or um, just like what you've? Have you been interested in ghosts for your whole life? Yeah, what do you know? Is it Pretty much. Um, I was always reading things way above my reading level, and. One of the things that I really was drawn to was a bigger book of ghost stories. Now I can't remember the name of it, but I can still see the cover. But it was like true ghost stories. And it just gave me goosebumps and scared me. And I loved it, which is really weird because I don't like horror movies, but I really love like ghost stories and hearing about people's experiences. And I remember that from like the age of uh, seven, eight, nine, somewhere around in there. Was it... um... This is, uh, it may be the thing that I'm thinking about too. Was it mm-hmm. like lightly um, illustrated? No, there were actual photographs. Oh, okay. So book. it wasn't the one with, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but there was one that really turned me on to ghost stuff. And it was like, there was one story in there where uh, a guy, uh, a giant head come for his big toe or something like that do you guys know what i'm talking about you, you're talking about scary stories to tell in the dark yes they yes. have turned that into a movie oh but I really know that is like that those books were scary like yes those they books were would like i would like have to put they were not i couldn't keep them in my bedroom <laughs> like at wow. night they would go i would put them on the bookshelf in the living room and then like then i would go to bed i could not go to sleep if those books were even in the room with me they were but terrifying yes, yeah those were terrifying um but yes, they've turned that into a movie by uh, Guillermo del Toro. Oh my God! Really? Yes. yes. When oh, we're I'm done with this, that. IMDb that, and there's a there's like a trailer I think now for yep, it. Yep, I will totally do that. Yes. Uh, we had in elementary school, we had a um, a library librarian, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I always called him library teacher, but he was librarian. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> <He> was, Davenport. <clears throat> Mr. Davenport was my favorite oh, person shit, in the entire him. world. He yeah. he turned me on to Lord of the Rings. He like when when the other kids were out playing in this in the thing, he would allow me to come into the library and read stuff. But 
the coolest part about Mr. Davenport was he that he would once a year he would read those stories. Mm-hmm. He had the best delivery and reading ability to make you feel like you were really there and to scare the living shit out of any kid that was listening to it at that point. Uh, He kind of put me in mind of um, Ian McKellen. Mm -hmm. He's kind of that kind of like a thespian kind of guy. Uh, But yeah, that's, that's really what got me started on ghost stories. I loved Mr. Davenport. He was, he was the best. He was just so great. Um, So when you were a kid, you had the, the ghost story kind of anthology thing. Mm-hmm. What got you really in, interested in going out and seeking things yourselves? Have you, did you ever have any kind of like experiences, personal experiences that got you started? Or not, just for, not until after I started ghost hunting. Like I'd know that I'd hear a bump in the house and I'd be like, oh, it's a ghost when I was a kid. But um, I didn't really have any true experiences um, until I was in my 20s. And when did you actually start? Like, um, I guess that was, was that during or after college or? Oh, uh, that was after college. After, okay. Yeah, I started ghost hunting back in about, uh, I want to say 2006, 2000, okay. 2005, 2006, somewhere around in there. Um, okay, so that was kind of when we started doing yeah. it, right? Yeah, the first time I ever went ghost hunting was with you. Okay. And, All right. Um, <laughs> That was the only time I ever went ghost hunting with that particular group, and I think it was the last time they were a group. So, um, but I joined a group um, called the East Tennessee Paranormal Research Society, and they had been together for about a year before I joined up with them. And um, we're really—they're really not active anymore, um, but I still keep in contact with them. I have made some of the best friends in my life; they're like family to me through ghost hunting. Um, but I joined up with them, I guess it was, it was either 2006, 2007, and started out doing, um, people would call when they thought their house was haunted. Yeah. And we would go out and take a look at things, listen to things, and we would, first off, <clears throat> start out by trying to find an explanation, a scientific explanation for the sounds that they were hearing or experiences they were having. And sometimes it was, you know, yes, you're having these weird experiences at night because you're basically sleeping in a Faraday cage. You have all these electronics around your head and you sleep, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of with your head propped up and a big dip in your lip. You're not getting choked to death. You're choking on your skull, bud, you know? (laughs) So we would always try to find a scientific explanation for it before we were like, okay, there may be something paranormal to this. That is what, um, I would really love to see more of Mm -hmm. on, uh, I don't really do that stuff anymore, but like on TV depictions of paranormal, um, investigations and things like that. Um, what was that show on discovery that was the taps group? Uh, um, ghost hunters ghost hunt oh i guess mm-hmm. that easy enough they did a good job of yes. um trying to rule out anything scientific before delving into the like the the ghost side of it i think that's very commendable yeah um, i really appreciate and, that <laughs> you uh, speaking of ghost hunters um i started ghost hunting about the same time that that was a really popular show along yeah. with um ghost adventures which is still on and there were a few others um but so that show became popular, more and more people were watching it, more and more people became convinced that their house was haunted. So they were, you know, reaching out to us and telling us their stories. Sure. And we would, our little, we would have like, there were a lot of people in ETPRS, um, ET, East Tennessee Paranormal Research Society. So we would have like small groups that would go and investigate people's houses. And the size of the group would depend on how big the people said their house was and whatnot. Well, there would be times where we would show up at the house and the house would be full of people like neighbors, family members, because they (laughs) thought that the people from taps were coming over and they were going to be on TV. (laughs) They they thought because we were ghost hunters, we were going to put all this on TV. And it's like, (laughs) no, 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 because our group, we treated our clients with the same kind of privacy that you would give a medical patient. Like we didn't give out any information publicly whatsoever about any of our clients. 
We never posted their addresses. Any kind, any pictures that we would post on the website would be of like the inside. We would never post mm-hmm. outside pictures where you might be able to recognize the house. We, you know, because some of these people that we, that reached out to us, we'd have, you know, doctors, ministers. We even got asked to investigate a church once, a Baptist church oh, wow, of all wow. things. So, um, you know, and believing in ghosts, hunting ghosts, it kind of has a stigma on it. People think you're crazy. And if you think your house is haunted, you don't, you're scared already. You don't want people thinking you're crazy. So we made sure that their privacy was protected as well. We didn't care to put our face or name out there, but. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's super noble. Yeah. So when you said you had um, kind of a bunch of little teams, Mm -hmm. did the teams have, um, were they structured in any way? Like, did you have uh, different specialists? our, Our lead investigator who was kind of, you know, the director of it, he he or she would be the contact with the homeowner or the client, whoever had reached out to us. And then we had people who were very good listening to audio recordings and picking out EVPs, which um, stands for electronic voice phenomenon. Um, So we would have, they would listen to hours and hours and hours of audio because when we would go to somebody's house, we weren't there for just a couple hours. We would show up late in the evening because it seems like a lot more, paranormal activity happens at night or maybe it's more noticeable because everyone's quiet and sure asleep <clears throat> excuse me and um so we would show up after dark and we may be there until five or six in the morning so that's a lot of audio you're having to go through then we had our people who were very good with video um we would have also people that were i won't say that they were psychic but they were more sensitive to energies or different things that may be going on. And mm-hmm. sometimes, I won't say I was used at a, as a sensitive, but it was more than a gut feeling that okay. I would have. So would you say that was your role? Is more like a, um, like I was a, actually like a personal administ- dowsing rod kind of thing? No. Well, <laughs> there towards the end of my ghost hunting career, I kind of was. But I was having a lot of negative experiences Oh, in the process really? of it because I really didn't know how to shut off. I don't know if it was a radar or, you know, just a, I was receiving something. I didn't know how to shut that off when I was in those situations. And it mm-hmm. was just a very negative experience for me. That's interesting. I, I definitely want to come back to that, but let's, um, I want to kind of go back into the organizational aspects first. Mm-hmm. But keep that in mind because I think yes. that's that's definitely where I want to go. I want to mm-hmm. like hear some stories about what you've seen. Um, <clears throat> as far as kind of the the way that your organizations worked, mm-hmm. um, did people and you can totally say I don't want to talk about this and I'll I'll mm-hmm. cut it out if you want. But mm-hmm. did people pay you guys to come in or no, was it more no. of okay? We would not accept money. Okay, that's cool. Um, the most we would accept is if you know we were a smaller group. We'd mm-hmm. been there for a little while. If they wanted to, you know, feed us, oh, we were sure. okay with that. But nothing beyond that. We we did not accept money. We didn't ask for it. That's not what we were in it for. Good. Okay, great. Um, really happy to hear that. And was it mostly around the East Tennessee area, or did you ever venture out um, into larger areas? We would, it, more in like the, I guess you'd say tri-state area. We would have sure. some in Kentucky, some in Virginia. Um, most of our group was kind of in the Knoxville and surrounding areas, but, um, mm-hmm. our president actually lives, um, Jonesboro. He lives in Jonesboro, Tennessee. Oh, okay. So Tracy Franklin is, he lives in Jonesboro. So he lived the furthest away. Um, but most of our, our team was in Knoxville or like Sevierville, Gatlinburg. Sure. And did you only do like, um, personal house calls or did you also do visits to, you know, Everyone in Knoxville talks about the Bijou being haunted. Mm-hmm. And we uh, actually, yes, we had investigated the Bijou several times. Um, okay. Before my time, they were actually featured on, I believe it was Channel 10, WBIR. They did a story mm-hmm. on the group and their investigation of the Bijou and an interesting video clip that was caught in the women's bathroom of the Bijou. I remember that. And then yeah. after that, we um, hosted their their ghost hunt nights where we would, well, ghost tour nights, we would take people on ghost tours and every single time it was sold out. 
Um, and we would be there much longer than we planned to be. I remember leaving sure. the Bijou at seven o'clock in the morning on a Sunday morning. Oh, wow. Not a lot of fun. Um, they didn't let us investigate there again. Um, we investigated um, the Baker Peters house. Um, That's one place that I've always wanted to go. Can you kind of tell us uh, a little bit about that place? Yeah, uh, never because there's some it. pretty cool. It's like a jazz club now, but there's it, some pretty cool a- architecture specifically about yes, that place. Yes, well, it's also a dentist's office. And in I the dentist's office, um, in the well, I don't know if it's still there. It was at the time. But in the dentist's office, there's the door that um, there's a bullet hole in the door. Um, the son's name was Abner, and I believe it was a Civil War. He was a soldier in the Civil War. I'm really mm-hmm. not remembering very well. But when we went, it was... Sometimes with businesses, you can't go after hours. So we were there, we were there after like all the customers had left, but it was very hard for us to do any kind of audio or anything like that because the, they couldn't turn off some of their equipment. You know, you can't unplug your refrigerator. They couldn't just turn off. Like there was some kind of pump that kept making a noise in a closet. I think it had something to do with the drink machine. And that makes it hard for you to rule out any kind of electronical uh, interference and things like that. Right. Yeah. Um, is it the bigger Peter house? Um, that's one of the things that I always wanted to go to. Aren't there, uh, or am I misremembering this, um, curved rooms in there for some reason? I think you might be thinking of something else. Okay. I may be thinking of something else. I was thinking for some reason there were some like a rounded rooms for some reason. Um, Barley's was investigated. I think that was before my time too. Did you go to Waverly Hills at some point? Yes. Yes. I actually had my, what I could say is my first real experience. I saw my first full body apparition at Waverly Hills. Um, Waverly Hills was a tuberculosis hospital in Louisville, Kentucky. And um, after tuberculosis wasn't, as widespread a problem as it was when that hospital was a necessity, Mm -hmm. it was also a nursing home. Um, But back when it was a tuberculosis hospital, um, at that time, they really didn't have a cure for tuberculosis. And they would do, I don't want to say experiments on people, but they would do medical procedures that today would be considered barbaric. They would remove people's, ribs um they would um take out a lung sometimes they would remove ribs and deflate a lung um they would push patients out in their beds out into these open patios because they believed that fresh air was good for you and who am i to say it's not i mean i know i feel better when i breathe fresh air but there are pictures that you can find online i'm sure of these patients out in the middle of winter with snow on their beds they're just pushed out onto these like big decks um there were children in the hospital that had tuberculosis there were children that lived in the hospital with maybe a parent that had tuberculosis because they literally had nowhere else to go oh my gosh but, um <laughs> wow one thing that makes waverly um interesting is when patients would die they didn't want a bunch of hearses coming up to the building they didn't want to have to wheel patients you know dead patients out in front of you know the sick ones that are still there so they built this chute into the side of the hill where they would, you know, basically just, you know, ship the bodies down the, the death tunnel is yeah. what they call it. So we went there, I believe it was 2008. And I was so excited. We're pulling up to the building and I'm filming with someone else's camera because they asked me to out in the back seat. And I just throw up out the window. <laughs> Whoa, like, what? Apparently the people behind me, they're like, we saw the camera in Christy's hand out the window. And then all of a sudden we just see this head come out and <laughs> she's puking everywhere. And we're like, oh God, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just, I just got really excited. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Jesus. Thomas, they started for a little our... bit of a background, this is like, uh, <laughs> this is one of the places that every ghost hunting show and like every big group, uh, Waverly Hills is one of the places that everyone goes to. So there's a little bit of excitement and there's a little bit of uh, probably, I mean, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, Christy, but I would assume there's a, there's a lot of buildup here. Like you're, there, yes. you're expecting like something to happen. Disneyland is what you're saying. It's, it's haunted no, Disneyland. Not that we were expecting <laughs> something bad to happen. We were definitely expecting something to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Not necessarily bad. Yeah. 
But it's, you know, we'd watched episodes of Ghost Hunters, and there was actually a film um, made, a horror film made called, um, I believe it's called Death Tunnel, um, by these British twin cowboy brothers called the Saint, or the Booth Brothers. And they had so many experiences while they were filming that they made a documentary about it. And I, we had also watched that, and it was very exciting. So we, you know, we're getting there, and I have a nervous stomach anyway, so... That Wendy's did not last too long. Once we <laughs> once we were headed up through that, because you have to go through a golf course to get right. to it. So we're going through the golf course. We start going around the curve up the hill, and I just see the building, and I was just like, <laughs> and you're already hanging awesome. out of the. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was great that the window was already down right. because there wasn't time for me to be like, I'm gonna puke. So it was just, you know, you're already kind of hanging then, out of the car filming. So yeah, I was you know. I was fine. Yeah. So. So um, what did you actually see there? Like what can you kind of describe your experiences while you were there? Yes. Yeah, you said um, full when, body apparition. That's yes, not something I've ever heard before. Well, that it is... wasn't like I just saw Sorry. a hand. It's like I saw a full person. And it was like it was an actual it looked like it was an actual person, not, you know, not like I could see through it. Which is what people think of when they think ghosts. They think, you know, it's a spirit, something you can see through. This was not something I could see through. It's not like a uh, Scooby-Doo kind of thing where... No, it was not like a Scooby-Doo kind of thing. Yeah. And it wasn't wearing a mask. and <laughs> Yeah. Wasn't trying to keep those crazy kids out of the amusement park. So where were you but, and, and uh, kind of what... Can you describe what you saw? It was the third floor. They, had, they were taking us on the tour of the building to begin with. And the tour starts out in what is the gift shop. And at one point, it had been the laundry area. And they have all kinds of stuff in the gift shop because... In the gift shop as well, it's kind of a little museum of, like, things that were actually in the hospital when it was operational. Mm-hmm. Like, medicine bottles. Um, they had plates with the Waverly Hills logo on it. Um, it was a very big operation. Were there um, any of those creepy old uh, wheelchairs that you see sometimes uh, in Not movies? that I remember. Those things um, creep me out so bad. But most That's what of does the it for stuff... You. You guys are so weird. <laughs> yeah, you know. I'm the weird one. I have the weirdos podcast. True. Guys are weird. <laughs> well, um, <you> know. <laughs> but a lot of the stuff that they had, kind of in those cases in the museum area, had been found like in the woods behind the hospital. Oh. And even now, you can go back in there, and there will be like IV bottles and syringes, old syringes, and different medical supply things back there. So is that woods. um is that what's basically the the area right now is is it only being used for tours and in, in like historical slash ghost hunting um things or is is there any other function of the area right they now? They are wanting to turn it into like a experience hotel, I believe. Oh my god! <laughs> like maybe shit. not the whole wow. place, like maybe just the first couple of floors you can stay on, and then the other ones. I'm not 100 oh, no. percent. I would on totally that, do but- that. I think that might have been something that I had heard. <laughs> that would be but, amazing. Um, and they've had, they've, um, they are trying to do things to at least maintain the building. They have tried raising funds. They had a rock concert there a couple years before we went. Wow. So it's it's a busy place. Okay. Um, so when you. But on this tour, so they start us out down there. And as you go in, kind of almost, it's a little tunnel to go into the hospital or, yeah, the hospital building. Mm-hmm. And as we're walking in, I start smelling like industrial laundry detergent. It's not like a laundry detergent you have at home. It's like something you would smell if you went to, I don't know, a place that does a lot of laundry. Like a place that would do like hospital laundry or that kind of thing. It was an industrial clean smell. But it had not been used as a laundry area in over 50 years. And nobody else could smell it. So did you they, alert everyone that you were? Uh, yeah, I was like, I smell okay. laundry, like serious laundry detergent. And people were, like, I don't smell anything. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm just smelling things. Um, and then we start the first floor at that time. They were using, and they may still be, um, as their haunted house for Halloween. So they had some like props down there, but there wasn't a whole lot of activity that was reported in that area. Um, they did have some shadow people reports but shadow people 
it can be an optical illusion. It can be, you know, you think you see somebody move out of the corner of your eye. Um, one of the things they were having us do towards the end of our time there is they would have somebody walk down this hallway that was mostly dark. There was a little light in it and you just focus on them. And as they're walking, it looks like black figures are coming out of the darkness and following them, but it was just an optical illusion. Okay. So it's more of like an actual, some of the things, yeah, it wasn't an actual shadow. Now that's not saying that all things that are reported as shadow people are that, Mm -hmm. um, shadow people are just basically kind of that. It looks like a shadow and, just because they're dark doesn't necessarily mean that they're an evil or bad entity sure. or anything like that. It just it's just a shadow for the most part. Hey, um, one real quick, we actually I think you did a really good job of explaining shadow people, but um, I have to keep reminding myself that you and I have had uh, kind of have been enveloped in this world a little bit, but uh, some of the people that may be listening haven't. Can we go back a little bit and can you describe sure. EVPs? Um, yes. You 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 defined it, but let's. Can you kind of tell yeah. tell the people what they are? EVPs. Um, we would capture them. That's what we called it. Um, we would have little audio recorders, and we would ask questions. You know, just to see if when we go back, do we hear an answer? Um, sometimes you know we would just ask. You know, what's your name? Why are you here? Then we would start asking more questions just to see if maybe it's kind of an, more of an intelligent haunting. You know, what year is it? Mm-hmm. Who's the president now? And it's stuff um, that you probably won't hear in person, but you'll only hear right. on the recording when you listen back Correct. to it, right? Okay. Correct. Um, we would not hear an answer in real time. We wouldn't hear it while we were sitting there asking the questions. I won't say that never happened. Sometimes you would hear a, an actual audible answer at that time. It was a very rare thing in my experience. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when we would have people go back and listen to the audio, I was never very good at it. But we had people that were very good at watching the waves on the audio program and also listening. And sometimes they would go listen. They would go back and listen to the same 15 second clip 50, 60 times just to make sure it wasn't one of the investigators talking right? or maybe crossing and uncrossing their legs or like know, a car driving ever, by or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Car driving by or a door closing sure. or, you know, knocking something over. They would try to, you know, make sure that it was genuinely something, you know, a voice from someone who was not physically in the room. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to uh, go back to that yeah, because it was yeah. something I wrote down to, um, kind of expound on and I just wanted to make sure that we all yeah. were on the same page there. Yeah. So you're in Waverly, yeah. you yep. um at this point you've smelled laundry detergent and you're on the first yep. part of the tour. Yep. And then we go through the second part, which I believe was the kitchen area where or the cafeteria where they would eat. And then if I'm remembering correctly, the third, fourth, and fifth floors were patient rooms. Um it was the fourth floor that we got to and it had gotten dark at this point and the tour guide it wasn't just our group it wasn't just etprs there were a couple other ghost hunting groups and then there were just a couple of like groups of couples that you could tell it was a date because the first part of the tour where they take you through the building that's for like anybody can go on that okay but then after that tour those the tour people have to leave the investigators get to stay oh and tour everywhere that's cool um so that was us um and for the most part the people that stayed for the investigating part were genuine investigators but there were a couple people that we think were friends with one of the people that worked there because they were kind of messing with things they would you know there was a ball on the third floor and one of our investigators rolled it down the hallway because there are claims of a little boy and a little girl that haunt the facility. And the ball came running ba- rolling back to her. <laughs> wow. So she goes running down <laughs> and these guys, I guess, didn't think that they would get caught, but they're standing there laughing and they got caught and oh, okay. they ended up leaving because they knew they were busted. Yeah. So, um, but on the fourth floor, um, that was 
like a patient room area, he had us turn off, the tour guide had us turn off all our lights and we're all standing there and we're being very quiet listening. And I can see, I thought somebody was coming down the hallway towards us. It was female and I thought maybe it was Tina who was one of the owners. Um, But as this person keeps coming down the hall, she's wearing a very old fashioned nurse's uniform. And I'm thinking, I have not seen any like actors, you know, doing any kind of recreations here, you know, Mm -hmm. they're not filming anything. And she gets closer and she's holding a tray, like a medication tray. And to me, it looked like a nurse who was handing out, who's walking down the hallway to hand out medications. And then other people start whispering, do you see that? Are you seeing that? And then she disappeared. Wow. She didn't just walk into a room. She didn't turn. She just disappeared. What, did she like fade away or was it just a poof and she's gone? It it kind of, it was a very quick fade away. It wasn't a poof, okay, but it was sure. more than just a slow fade. Okay. Wow. How close did that would would you say that she got to you before she faded oh, away? Oh, probably fifty feet. So could you see her pretty well uh, since your lights were off, or as well as you could see somebody in uh, in the whole building? Like all the windows are busted out, mm-hmm. and there are lights outside from the city and from the. Uh, the golf course. So light is coming in. It's not completely dark. So you can, you know, you can see, I mean, I couldn't make out her features, but it looked like she had brown hair and it was kind of in a bun Mm -hmm. on top of her head. Okay. I would say that that's a, I mean, that's a, just like, uh, I don't know if you uh, have a night light on or something like that, probably that level of illuminance at night. Yeah. That's creepy. (laughs) Super creepy. Yeah. Did you have any other experience while you were there? Yes, I had a couple more. Um, One was while we were still on the tour. So um, the fifth floor, you can actually go onto the roof. And it looks like maybe they had a garden out there at one point. And there's the frame of a swing set out there. Because like I said, they did have children there. And But mostly on the fifth floor were the mentally ill patients. Oh. And we're actually standing out there and people are taking pictures. And I could smell tobacco smoke like somebody was smoking a pipe Hmm. and there were people that were smoking but they were smoking like winston's and marlboro's there was nobody smoking smoking pipe and nobody else smelled it so maybe i just have like weird my my nose senses paranormal things and can smell them (laughs) i don't know it's weird you're the toucan sam of ghosts yeah i smell and it wasn't like a very faint smell it was a very strong smell like somebody was standing right next to me smoking a pipe That's and interesting. I really, I don't have an, I don't have an explanation for that one because there was no one, and there, I don't think there'd been any reports of, oh, there's a pipe smoking man that haunts. Oh sure. The roof of this place, you know. Well, they do say that like um, smell is the, what is it, the most, um, the strongest tied to memory. Yeah. So maybe if there was something out there that was um, reliving some sort of memory, maybe that was what you smell. Maybe. Maybe. Potentially. And for the rest of the night, it was, you know, left for us investigators. And we were just really excited to be there. I felt like I ran up and down the stairs all night long. Mm -hmm. Because we'd run into, you know, one of the people that we came with. Because we paired up. There were so many of us. We couldn't all go together. So we paired up. And, like, we'd run into somebody. And they would be like, oh, this just happened over here. And we'd go running over there. So it was like that all night long. But um, the person I was paired up with, her name was Susan. And um, they had this entity that they called Big Black that they had told us about in the hospital. And that's exactly what it was, just a big black mass. And we were walking around on one, I don't remember which floor it was. I think it might have been three. And um, nobody else was at that end. And there is some electricity still in the hospital like you could still see they had exit signs up above the emergency doors that we could see that were Mm -hmm. lit up and we're just walking down this hallway and we're asking questions because we have our audio recorders going on and as we're facing down the hallway we're facing towards the exit door it just seems to get very very dark and like i said all the windows are open there's light coming in. It all seemed to get very dark just at that end of the hallway. 
And then we see something move. And the entire end of the hallway is black. We can't even see the exit sign anymore. Wow. And it starts moving towards us. Well, we start moving the hell out of there. (laughs) Understandably. Dude, run. We did. So. And I really think that was the only, like, those are the only big things that stand out to me. Okay. So I'm sure we heard a lot of little different things and whatnot. And after we went back and I started looking at pictures, I found some anomalies in the photos that I couldn't explain. Um, now would actually be a good time. Can you kind of tell us about what ghost hunters look for in photos? And also I'm very interested in like what kind of tools you guys use mm-hmm. and things like that. Okay. Can you kind of just kind of do a, a broad sweep? Sure. Of, of everything uh, when like we're that? looking at photos, we're looking at things um, like streaks of light, um, balls of light called orbs. Um, a lot of things in photos that people think are orbs are just little floating specks of dust that are just magnified in the camera lens. A or real, like bugs and stuff Yeah, like that. stuff like that. Um, an, a, what I will call a genuine orb will kind of have it be emitting its own light. Um, we look for faces that are not attached to people that may be in the photo. Um, different things like that. But if we find mm-hmm. what may be an orb or a streak, we might, you know, okay, is that really an orb or is it some dust? Is that sure. really a streak of light or is that maybe the camera strap that swung in front of the lens just before, you know, when it was being snapped? Oh, yeah. Things like that. Because we would get pictures where people would be, oh, I think this is something. And we would be like, no, that's, you know, the cover on the top of your trampoline. You know, the way it's folded right. up, it's not grandpa's face in it. So, um, <laughs> sure. But most of the equipment that we use is stuff that you can buy in any electronic store or even walmart um we use digital cameras once i've always used digital cameras because by the time i got into it film was well on its way out right Um, digital audio recorders pretty much everything's digital these days um we would have um meters that would check like the electricity in the room could because sometimes people would report things happening and they would feel weird, weird energies and it would be right next to the, you know, breaker box at their house. And we're like, yeah, it's all this electricity. Um, thermometers, digital thermometers, because it's not an exact science. That's why I'd say, you know, supposedly or claimed, but, um, supposedly if there is a ghost, the temperature, if a ghost is in a room, the temperature will drop. Mm-hmm. So we would use our digital thermometer, which has a little laser beam that would, you know, check for cold spots in a room. Sure. Um, and there were people and that you had can, more. like basically point those at any specific yes, object, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You can point it, you know, out anywhere and it'll tell you what the temperature is in that particular spot. Um, that's the equipment that I used. There were people that had much more sophisticated equipment because they had more money. Um, some people had like infrared cameras. Um, they would have huge you know, camera setups where they would have what looked to me like little security cameras in, you know, every room on one floor of Waverly Hills Hospital. And that's a big hospital. Even one floor has a lot of rooms. And we had people that (laughs) had, they had a lot of cameras set up. So, and I'm sure that... Have you seen... Go ahead. um, Have you seen those uh, on on more recent ghost shows Mm -hmm. and things like that? I... By the way, Mm -hmm. uh, we... Last episode, we did a lot of recommendations. Um... One of the shows that I watch still to this day is BuzzFeed Unsolved. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that yes. show? Yes. I love that show. Yes. Uh, it's two guys. It, it's BuzzFeed, so it carries a little bit of hokiness. But uh, it's two guys that, that do a video show, um, and they do unsolved things. One season will be like true crime, and one season will be paranormal. Mm-hmm. The paranormal ones are the most fun because they'll go out and do um, on-site uh, investigations and things like that. The format of that show is one guy's a skeptic, one guy's a true believer. Yeah. That's a great, uh, in my opinion, that's a great dichotomy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they work really well together. But one of the things they use on that show is called the spirit box. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of that? Yes. You know what you know what that is? Yes. Can you kind of explain how that um, works? It is actually um, when 
the people in my group started using it. They were going to Radio Shack and buying these little radios and they would take them apart and remove some kind of switch. Um, so the radio automatically just scans stations. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever had an older car with the knob radio and you just spun it, you know, but you could hear little snippets when you spun yeah. the dial, that's basically what it is. It sounds like, and they use it. They will ask questions and the theory is, is that ghosts can use wavelengths, audio waves, other frequencies that we can't use. And they can use these radio frequencies to communicate. So if someone's using one of these spirit boxes, they'll have it, you know, at scanning stations and they'll ask a question. And sometimes they get an answer. Like, it sounds pretty clear. Which is crazy because the idea of that is that it's scanning through different um, frequencies mm-hmm. so fast that you shouldn't theoretically you shouldn't hear a single um, a single voice that goes through a bunch of these scans right mm-hmm. right you should hear a bunch of different stations or static or whatever yeah. between these different FM bands mm-hmm. but the idea is that if you say hey what's your name if you hear the word Jeremy yeah. or something like that the station has changed enough times to where you should not hear one like drawn out word. Yeah. You might uh, hear through a those syllable scans. of a word, right. but not an entire yeah. word. Yeah. I, I think that's super interesting. Um, so did you guys use those a lot? Or um, It had just kind of started when I was ghost hunting and the sound of it scanning just annoyed the hell out of me. So I yeah. never used one. <laughs> that's, that's kind of a thing with, uh, with that Buzzfeed show. Yeah. Uh, sometimes when they, tur- when they go and turn them on, mm-hmm. you'll just hear it. Yeah. It's really annoying. And I'm just like, turn that off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so what are some other, uh, other than Waverly Hills? Mm-hmm. Can you kind of tell us some, uh, some cool stuff that happened to you? Oh, let me see here. I don't think I really have any more cool stories. Most of my stories now would probably be about kind of weird, well, not weird, but where I would be physically attacked. Really? Really, yes. I've had, I felt what, it felt like somebody had taken, I felt two hands on the side of my head, like they grabbed me by my ears and slammed my head back into a wall. And there was wow. nobody in front of me. I mean, what? there, I, the room was not so dark that I couldn't tell that there was somebody in front of me. I could clearly see all. <laughs> the room was small. We did have some light from flashlights. I could see everybody in the room from where I was standing. And something grabbed my head and slammed my head back into the wall. Yikes. Was this at a, an individual's house? This was at a house. This was at a house that was no longer being rid, lived in. The family was so scared. They, w- they moved out. Can't say I blame them there. If um, <laughs> well, it was yeah. a very old house, um, and the woman that sold it to them sold it to them for a dollar. Interesting. She just wanted rid of it. She wanted rid of it. Yeah. So, little lesson here, kids: don't buy a house for a dollar. <laughs> it's like the old uh, you you can have your your creepy old uh, uncle's mansion if you can spend the night in yeah. it, kind of thing. I can honestly say I would not be able to spend the night, an entire night in that house. Not by myself. Maybe with other people, because even after that happened, even after I got my head slammed into the wall, I went back one more time. Wow. And I got scratched. It wasn't, that's not the first time I've ever been scratched, but I did get scratched in that house. Were you the only person that was attacked there in your group? Or, um, um, there was another lady the first time we went, um, she became physically ill. Mm-hmm. She vomited and not an excited vomit. This was after we had been there. Um, she had actually had a dream about going on a ghost hunt and going to a house that had a very strange staircase. And that in the course of the investigation, one of the other investigators was pushed by something down those stairs. Oh, and wow. after we got to this house... There had been no, us in the group had known about the dream. She told us about it maybe a couple weeks before because we would have a meeting every month, which basically consisted of us getting together at a a restaurant, eating together, 
talking about maybe investigations that we had coming up or ones that we'd been on. And then the rest of the time was basically, you know, like family dinner. Right. Um, so we had, no, we knew about the dream because she told us about it previously, but we get to the house. We actually went to the house that the family was currently living in and talked to them there. And then the mom took us to the house, handed us the keys and was like, call me when you're done. <laughs> Okay. So, yeah, we went into the house, and we're looking around, and there were three of us that walked around the corner to where the stairs were, and she immediately doubled over like somebody had kicked her in the stomach. I'm like, what's wrong? She couldn't speak at first. It was like she, she said that she felt like the wind had been knocked out of her, and she was like, that's mm -hmm. the stairs from my dream. She'd never been in this house. Oh. We'd never seen pictures of this house. We only knew wow. that the family was so scared they wouldn't live there anymore. Wow. So did any of you guys go to the top of the stairs? Yeah, we went, that was, we were upstairs in one of the bedrooms when my head was slammed into the wall. And I tried to take wow. off running because I wanted to get out of there. And they, uh -huh. I got grabbed and tackled by two people because they were afraid that I was going to be the one to fall yeah, down. Yeah, you're going to be the one that falls down. Yeah, yeah because exactly. there was no railing. <laughs> wow. There was no railing, and <laughs> wow. if I had went, if I would have went immediately out that door and made one step left, I would have fallen. Holy crap! So I got tackled. But yeah, but they had they taken there, they had taken the banister out, the railing out, so they could move the furniture out of the upstairs. It wasn't like. That place had never had a banister. They had just sure. taken it out. But put it back, people. Safety first. I mean, still. Yeah, safety you know, first. If, <laughs> so. if ghosts exist outside of time. Yeah. And, exactly. So. Oh, wow. That's that's really creepy. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. Um, that's Those are some incredible stories those are really <laughs> that's like exactly what i was i was hoping for uh when we when we were talking about getting you on yeah. thomas you got any questions um thomas hasn't said anything <laughs> is thomas still here i've been i've been, yeah, I've been wrapped these have been some really good stories i have one that i i can't yeah. i can't tell on the podcast because i would have to involve names um, but I do have an experience I'll have to tell you guys about sometime. Um, it, it would take a very long time, so it won't be tonight. But um, Maybe it, that'll be one that you can, uh, once your show gets started. No, maybe, I, I uh, won't ever be able to use that one. <laughs> well, you, we, you could change names. Well, no, because it, it kind of involves some family. Oh, okay. Things started going downhill. I believe there was an evil, maybe a demonic entity involved that... That I think okay. that followed me home. I was gonna say that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't think we have the time to get into it right now. Yeah, but that kind of stuff is incredibly spooky. And anytime you ever hear about like a demon or a demonic mm -hmm. presence masquerading as something else, mm -hmm. just just rustles my jimmies. Like <laughs> that kind of stuff is incredibly <laughs> creepy. And I love hearing about it. So I really hope you'll you'll uh, find some way to tell that on yes, your podcast. Maybe. I mean, we did have a priest in the group for a while. So I do have some other stories that I can I can share. Awesome. That, that don't hit I'm, as close to I'm home. so excited about this. Yeah. yeah. That's that's super exciting. Um all right, Thomas, you got anything? You wanna you wanna jump in here? Uh no, I I think that maybe the only the only thing I have to throw out is like um you know, I've I've known you for a long time. I don't think you're crazy, mm -hmm. but how do you reconcile your experiences with just like the fact that none of this is particularly provable, like in an objective way? You know, there's like there's prize pools yeah. for people offering proof and stuff like that. And like, if there's a million dollars on the take and somebody could do it, why haven't they? If like you know these kinds of things are happening to yeah. people out there, I I don't have the answer for that one. I really don't. Maybe we're just not technologically advanced enough to capture this kind of energy. Yeah, I mean that—that's really the only. That's the like, only like only thing lies. I have. Some of it, some of the experiences that I have, I can say they were probably me working myself up, and you know, it wasn't a ghost. It was you know, that stack of clothes that I piled up today fell over. 
you know, they fell over on their own. They weren't knocked over, you know. Sometimes you can hype yourself up and make you make yourself think that things are happening when they're not, which is a lot of what we dealt with when people would call and say, I think my house is haunted. It was, you've been watching too many scary movies. You've been watching Paranormal State for three days straight. You've, you know, built this up in your head and now you think it's happening to you. And that's not to say that all of our clients were that way. We just had, there were a lot of people that way. But we try to treat them with respect and, you know, we didn't look at them and say, you're stupid, you've just made this up in your head. No, we try to treat everybody with respect because they, even though it may have built been built up in their head they were genuinely scared and our ultimate goal was to make people feel safer in their own homes that's one thing that i i'm super commendable about with with what it sounds like your your former group did Mm -hmm. is you really just want to make someone feel better whether it's um you know your house is haunted and we're bringing people you know if you believe in catholicism or whatever we're bringing a priest in to help make you feel better or at least you know, cleanse the house mm-hmm. or something like that. Or on the other side, you're sleeping next to a uninsulated conduit or something like yeah. that. And it could be messing with you or, Hey, you've got um, carbon monoxide leaking into your house. Exactly. You know, so- sometimes that, oh, yeah. that Those stuff, are the best stories. Yeah, exactly. So I, I really appreciate that you guys took that kind of um, look at it mm-hmm. before just jumping to, OMG, your house is demon-possessed. You've got to get out and burn it down. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's really cool. Yeah, I'm kind of with James. I'm I'm really fascinated by a lot of these things, and I'm actually kind of terrified very easily <laughs> by these kinds of stories, <laughs> even though I am like, you know, in, in the daylight, I'm very much an atheist. All of the, n- None of this is actually a thing. But, I mean, you know. At night, you become more exactly. suggestible. <laughs> When I was when I was with the group that Christy uh, briefly mentioned uh, at the start of this conversation, I was the skeptic in the group. Uh, I was always the guy that would be like, "There's nothing here. Why are we here? Why are we doing this? That's just a, a pebble on the ground." But it's cool that they let me in, and w- well, one, it's super interesting. Like even as a skeptic, just just having these stories around makes your life better, whether you believe it or not. It's super like cool and interesting to have a little bit of unknown in your life. And two, um, any of these groups that allow in a descending voice or um, you know, someone who's willing to look at things from another perspective, uh, that, lends, that lends more credibility to that group because they're uh, willing to take that sort of scientific bent to it. So I think that's really, really neat. I have a very good friend that I met through ETPRS. And when she joined us, she was the, she was the skeptic. And mm-hmm. she has since moved to St. Louis and joined a group there. And since she's been in St. Louis, she's now a complete believer. And I'm not, <laughs> I haven't got to talk to her about what happened to change your mind from skeptic to believer. So we need to talk about that off group, yeah. off, uh, offline because I go to St. Louis very often. I'd like to meet up with that group. Okay. I think that'd yeah. be pretty cool. I'll find out what the name of it is. Okay. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, um, so is there any of these um, uh, any of these videos or links or anything that you've talked about that you can uh, point us to for your your past? And yeah. then what can we what can we expect from you in the future as well? Um, well, um, I will definitely be looking for those links because, um, like I said, the one the the group was featured. ETPRS was featured on Channel Ten WBIR in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Um, Around I would Halloween. love to get like a if there's a YouTube video or something like that that we can there put is. in the show notes. Yes. I would love there is to somewhere I'll find it. That. Um, there used nice. to be a website that was run by um, two people in our group, um, Sean and Marshall Dudley, father and son. They were more of our EVP specialists, um, and their website was called thefriendlyghost.com or friendlyghost.com. It may still be up. I know the video was on there, and they had a lot of different interesting EVPs that they had come across. That would be yeah. really cool just to get like get an idea uh, for people who have never been experienced or who've, mm-hmm. who have who uh, have kind of seen this kind of stuff yeah. to get it to get just kind of a, a a quick run through of what an EVP is, what a shadow person is, what you're looking for with the orbs and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think that would be really neat to put in show notes. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's friendly-ghost.com. Okay. And um, there's several different EVPs from here from different. Um, there's some from the Bijou, from Waverly, um, Barley's Tap House, Hawaii. Hawaii la, 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 la. Let me try that again. 
Hiawassee <laughs> College in Madisonville. Um, there's some from private homes um, in the area. So, uh, yeah, check out that website, and the video should be on there as well. And there's a link to cool. etprs.com if you guys want to check that out. There's more information there. And okay. um, next up for me is my podcast, which will be called Weirdos, and it Yay. will be deb- debuting towards yeah. the end of April. Coming soon to Hoots Network. Looking forward to it. I'm so excited. It's media. Hoot, hoot. I'm very excited. All, All right. right, so you're going to dive more into, like, ghosts and paranormal and and maybe even into the serial killer aspect oh, ufos I'm gonna be talking about all, kinds all kinds of, of weird stuff weird stuff um right. i'm weird and i like all the weird stuff and i like talking I think about a, it and i'm gonna of, have a lot of different guests from time to time to share their stories about weird things that have happened to them or weird connections that they may have to a serial killer or a ufo sighting or something cool very exciting very exciting Okay, well, um, I guess that that will uh, end up our first official non-me and Thomas uh, episode of Hoots Hollering. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God someone's finally talked to us that's, that's not just the two of us. <laughs> I'm leaving All right, now. well. <laughs> all right. Well, hey. yeah, Christy, thanks for hollering at us. Media Production.